want her to share with you a little bit concerning our mission trip. Our guys was there 10 days. Kristen was there 30 days. She's my new hero. And uh, made it fine. Didn't get sick at all. <laughs> Fell in love with the people. And many times when they, she would get up to speak, she would speak in Spanish. And uh, as, just, uh, as just one of the, one of the folks there. And so uh, I want her just to testify. She's not able to be here with us tonight, so now you can't preach. Because I hadn't been able to preach in a week or two. So. <laughs> oh, it's good to be in America this morning. This is my first church service um, in 30 days that has been in English. Um, so yay for that. Um, I kept thinking, what do I say about my trip? Because I love Central America. I've been wanting to do missions my entire life. I've visited several countries, um, but this one was different. And this one was different because not only did I get to serve the people of the country, but I got to serve people like you from America that were coming um, and wanting to give back to these people. And I got to see so many different sides of God, and that was beautiful to me. And I want to talk about the worship in that country. So I didn't have air for 30 days. I didn't have food that was um, something I would choose to eat for 30 days. I didn't have makeup for 30 days. And neither did any of these people that live in those conditions. And so I, the worship there, when I would go to church, when I go to church here, I get in my car. I live two seconds that way, and I still get in my car and drive over here. There, they walk miles and miles and miles in dirt in their nicest clothes that they have, and I promise you it's the only nice clothes that they have that they wear to church every single time because they want to look their best for Jesus. And they walk as far as it takes through rivers where they're hiking up their skirt all the way up to here and going through that river to get to church. They have five kids trailing behind them doing the same thing because they want the whole family to be there. And when they're getting there, they're drenched in sweat, drenched in water, drenched in mud. But when that little old piano starts playing that beat, they dance. And they lift their hands and they dance and they spin. And I watched a 75-year-old man get down on a concrete floor and just spin for Jesus. And then I come to church here. And that's all I can do to stand right there and spin and jump and dance. And I want you all to see how blessed we have it that we get that music. That we have wonderful music and wonderful singers and wonderful lights and wonderful show. But it's not a show. Don't make it a show where you stand there and you say, wow, they're doing pretty good. Make it something where you dance and you let go because you're doing it for Jesus. And that's what those people taught me about worship. I told you I wasn't going to preach. I'm sorry. <laughs> and just one more thing. <laughs> I want to talk about how grateful these people were, how generous. So we raised all this money. By the way, thank you for every single penny that you gave for this trip, for our church to go and for me to grow. Every candle that you bought for me that didn't even smell good. I thank you for that. Um, but it allowed me to see this side of Jesus. And when I got down there, um, we raised all this money to give to them. And we did. I visited a trash dump, y'all, where 400 children were living there, searching for food in a pile of trash. And that's their living condition. 
And so that's where your money's going, to take them children from that pile of trash and put them in a concrete building where they're going to learn about Jesus. And in the middle of them having nothing, every time they would get something, they would offer it to someone else first. Even the children. We would buy them a snack. What would they do? Turn it to their older brother and say, take this from me. You need it more. And so think about that. Think about when you give a dollar, it's just a dollar. You're going to get more. But these children were rescuing from a pile of trash to put them and show them Jesus. And so even if you can't go, even if it's not your place to go, give something. Because what you're giving is being reflected as Jesus in that country. And that's all I got because I only got a little bit to talk. But thank you all for letting me go. Now, I promise you she could have talked for another 20 minutes or more. She met a stranger on the plane from Atlanta to Little Rock and talked the entire time to this guy. He did not shut up at all. I heard Brother Eric and Brother Omar gave her some kind of appeal the other night, knocked her out to give them a break. <laughs> uh, but we all, we really did. We had a great time. You'll hear more about that tonight. And... Uh, I'll be a little emotional probably this morning. I guess every time I come back from a trip like this, it's emotional. But uh, to be able to witness, and, I, and as like Kristen said, I know it's you know missions and, and going to places like that is not for everybody. I can't get Karen to go even talk about it hardly. I'd like her to go with me one time, but she ain't leaving the United States. And uh, I just hope she's ready to leave the United States when Jesus comes. But anyway, <laughs> so I know I know. <laughs> I'm just, y'all don't take, see, y'all have already run with that. I mean, you run with it. Pastor said the preacher's wife's in sin, huh? No. Um, so I know it's not for everybody, but, uh, but you know, your dollar that you give and that you gave, and as, as well as Kristen said, thank you for that because it's going to a good cause. It's blessing people, I promise you. It's touching people. Uh, and, and again, I can't get into what I'm going to talk about tonight, but every time we leave, Brother Renee, Brother Omar's brother, he, he'll, he'll tear, he tears me up uh, because of his spirit. Um, uh, tear, tears me up. But anyway, Exodus chapter 33. I want to talk to you this morning, uh, for the time left, um, on this thought about who is this King of Glory. Who is he? Very familiar scripture that I've preached on before. I used this scripture. Uh, out of Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. The Bible says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. Consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face 
of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you, I want you to get this point right here, I know you by name. Let me ask you a question. Does the Lord know you by name this morning? Does he know you? And he said, please show me your glory. Who is this king of glory? Who, who, is, this, who is this guy that talks about the glory? And what is this glory that he's talking about? Now, many of you know this story. Moses here was, was very aware of the guidance, of, of the need for the guidance of God. He, he, was not a, he was not an amateur here. He had been with God. He had listened to God. He had known about the presence of God. He had understood how God works. And he understood that if he followed God... Everything was going to be okay. It may have been tough, but, but he, was, he was going to be all right. But understand that in this particular story here, God had a, had a higher call for Moses. It just wasn't to lead the children of Israel here. It just wasn't to, just to be with them and be their leader so they could bring problems to him. There was a greater need. He had called Moses to spend some time with him. He had called Moses to go to a higher place. And, and if you don't hear nothing else I say this morning, please listen to me, church. The reason I ask you at, at the beginning of this service, why do you come to church, is this very reason right here. You may come because of this reason you say or this, but do you understand that God has a greater purpose for you? God has a higher purpose for you. And he's calling you and I to come up to a higher place than where we are today. Amen. He's, he, he doesn't want us to stay where we are. Well, I've been in this way for 30 and 40 years, Brother Danny. Well, get out of that place. It may be a good place, but get to a higher place that God is calling you to. You say, well, I've been here and I've been there and, and you know, I've just decided I'm just going to let God just deal with me and I'm going to watch my television evangelists and I'm going to do this and, and you've reached a place so high that you don't have to have anybody anymore. You've reached a level so high that you don't have to have church anymore. You, would you believe if I told you that over the last few, a few months that I've heard no more than probably eight people, eight individuals, sometimes couples that says, I don't need to go to church anymore. There's no church good enough for me. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel, but it, it, it bothers me a little bit. I understand we've got to have our right feel and all these kind of things, and, and the church, we've got, to, we've got to be what we can enjoy and all this, but understand the church... The church is something that you and I make it. It's not what I make it as a pastor. And it's not what you make it as a council member or a church leader and all that. It's what we make it together. Amen. And as Kristen was alluding to a while ago, these folks in, in Honduras, they'll walk miles and miles and cross creeks and cross rivers just so they can go and worship the Father. Can't they do that at the house? Yes. But they enjoy the presence of coming together with God's people and listening to the songs and listening to the praise and feeling the presence of Almighty God. Who is this King of Glory that I'm talking to you about this morning? It's somebody that you and I can relate to. It's somebody that we can feel this morning. It's somebody that we can understand what he means and what he wants for our life today. It's somebody we can hang out with. That's the king of glory. And Moses understood this. And he understood it so much that, Lord, if, if you don't go with us, then I don't want to go. If you don't go with us, I don't want to go. I want to see your glory. What does this glory look like? 
What does this glory look like? And Moses knew that he was, he was traveling around. He'd been doing that before without the presence of God. Matter of fact, we know from history that he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. And nowhere in Scripture, Sister Mavis, do I find that we find any, any conversation between him and God. I don't find it anywhere. It may be there and he may have had a conversation, but it's not in the book. 40 years. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go 40 years without feeling the presence of God. This ain't in my notes, but let me stop here long enough and just, just tell you this. And I don't, I'm not getting on to anybody. But we've come so accustomed, hear me today, to the move of God that it doesn't bother us anymore. It doesn't change us anymore. It doesn't affect who we are anymore. It doesn't grow us anymore. Oh, that's just church. They just come to jump up and down. They come to lift their hands in praise. It doesn't affect us anymore. I want to tell you, when we get to the place where the presence of God and the Spirit of God doesn't affect us anymore, we're in trouble. If we get to the place where we can come in His presence and it doesn't change us, we're in trouble today, church. The presence of God and the glory of God should change us totally. It turned us inside out. Amen. Moses understood this. Far too many people today are playing church instead of being the church. Amen. You may think, well, all those years that I spent doing this and all those years I've spent doing that, I didn't get anything. Don't you understand that God was, was, had you in process to get, he, he's calling you to that higher place. He called you that higher place. I remember the glory of God and you remember the glory of God in our life until he tugged on our heart and he reminds us that he's called us for this and he's called us for that, amen. Some of you right now sitting on the sound of my voice, you can look back in your life and you can understand. You didn't understand at that point, but you understand now why God brought you through some of the things that he brought you through. And you're able to stand here today, amen, and give God glory and give God praise. Moses, was, he wasn't a stranger to the glory of God. Go, go look back in Scripture. God spoke to him in a, from a burning bush. God reminded him that he was on holy ground. He told him to take off his shoes, right? God told him that through many miracles, it enabled him that through many miracles to lead Israel out of Egypt. God led the people with a cloud by day and a pillow of fire by night. We know that. It, just as Israel was led by the glory of Almighty God, you and I as the church today, we've got to learn to be led by his glory and his glory alone amen and not by anybody else we got to be led by his glory so what is meant then pastor by the glory of God when you look in Ephesians chapter 3 it tells us that the glory belongs to the father right it belongs to the father in Ephesians chapter 1 it tells us that God he is the father of glory he is the father of glory in first Corinthians it tells us that Jesus is the Lord of glory in Psalms 24 and verses 7, it says, He reminds us that He is the King of glory. He said, Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the one that's strong. He's the one that's mighty. The Lord mighty in battle is He. Do you understand today, church, that the person that's on your side, He is this Lord that's strong and mighty and fighting for you and not against you this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a king of glory. There is a king of glory. And this king, is, this is so wonderful, this king has power to redeem. Aren't you thankful for that? He's redeemed you and I today. He has set us free today. He's delivered. No, nobody else can forgive your sins except for him. Nobody else can, can go to the cross for your life except for Jesus Christ. He's done it 
for you, amen. And he's called the king of glory because he alone has the power to redeem us from our sin. Glory belongs to him. Glory belongs to God. Just as, just as, just as dirt belongs to the ground, the glory belongs to God today, amen. We talk sometimes in church about, as a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it talks about the glory of God being called the Shekinah glory. We've referred to that before even in this church, which simply means a manifestation of, of the glory of God. And we see this in the Old Testament by the cloud that the children of Israel followed by day and the, and the pillow of fire by night. I mean, every day they begin to, be, uh, they begin to see the, the manifested power of Almighty God. They saw the Shekinah cloud and the fire of God that led them for 40 years. Every day they begin to witness the glory of God. Every day when they got up, they was able to look up and see that God was still with them. Every day they was able to get up and still understand that God, Brother John, had not left them, that God was with them by that cloud and by the pillow of fire by night. God was with us. Can I tell you this morning that every day that you and I get up, we get to call upon the name of a, of a holy father. We get to call upon Jesus Christ, who the, who the Bible says the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom, and it gives you and I access to enter into the holy of holies every time we have opportunity. Every time we call upon his name, we don't have to go once a year, but every day we get to witness the manifested power of Almighty God. This glory, when you look at it in the scriptures, is described as a devouring fire. On top of Mount Sinai, Moses was called out by God. You remember that? Ezekiel saw the glory of God uh, as the appearance of fire. Elijah prayed and the glory of God fell uh, from heaven as a fire, the Bible said. In the upper room, the glory came down when, and then they began to speak in other tongues and cloven tongues. A fire set up on every, each one of their head that the room got too small. They had to get out. That's where the early church was, was birthed. My grandfather, you've heard me tell this story, saw the glory of God one day in a Brush Harbor meeting when a ball of fire would bounce from one side to the other. I told the Hondurans the other day, my grandfather saw that. I've never saw that, but I long and I pray that somewhere and someday that we can see the glory of God fall and manifest itself in our power. God, let it be even today. Let it be today, we pray. But the question remains, if that happens, are we going to know what to do with it? Who is this king of glory? Who is he? And if he falls and if he comes and if he shows up, are we going to be able to handle it? Or have we settled in so much to our normal tradition routine? This scares me right here that we don't even recognize the presence of God. Is that possible, Pastor? Yeah, it's possible. Samson understood that. Samson woke up one day, shook himself as before. He didn't even know God's presence had departed. Are we coming to church and doing church based on tradition or because that's just what we do and we leave the same way every service? Let, let me help you a little bit this morning. It's not the pastor's job to give you the chill bumps up and down your spine. It's not Sister Michelle's job or the worship team to sing this wonderful song to cause you to cry every service. Uh-uh. It's your responsibility. That's yours and my responsibility. My relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't help. It does help. I love good preaching. I love good singing. I love good worship. Don't get me wrong. I love it. 
We're Pentecostal people. We ought to love good worship and singing, right? But it's not our job. It's, it's yours and my responsibility to, in our relationship with God to feel and sense His presence. Why do you think I was able to stand in that church in Honduras over in some mountain in some community? I don't even know the name of it. And they was able to sing Sister Nan and tears would come down my face. Why was that? Because I felt the same thing they were feeling. I didn't understand them, but I felt his same spirit. Amen. And it was there. And it was thick. And all I could do was weep under the presence of God. That's the king of glory that I'm talking about. That's that king. See, sometimes we sing the song, How Great Is Our God. We sing the verse, The Splendor of the King. He's wrapped himself in royalty. He wraps himself in light. How great is our God. Can I tell you, church, that one day, one day, one day, we will all know him in the fullness of his glory. We understand it because of what the Word says. We understand it because of what we feel in our heart. But there's coming a day we will know him in the fullness of his power, in the fullness of his glory. For in his presence, the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He's coming one day in the fullness of his glory. It wasn't yesterday, but the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, but of that day and hour no man knows, not even the angels, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, can I tell you, that's where we are today. We're the coming, but we also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not not know the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be at the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. Watch therefore. For you do not know the hour that the Lord doth come. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, he says, be you also ready. Be you also ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. Watch, therefore. What are you watching for? For the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty is he. The Lord mighty in battle is he. The time is coming. Listen to me, church. The time is coming when the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth. There'll be a time coming when the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth. What's going to happen then, pastor? The lame man will leap as a deer. Hallelujah. The tongue of the dumb will sing praise to the Lord. Waters will break out in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The ransom of the Lord will return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy will be upon their heads. They'll obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning will flee away. Listen to me, church. We've been praying over and over, at least I hope you have, for the glory of God, for the power of God, for the anointing of God, for God, for God to come and reveal himself. And he is about today to pour out his spirit all over the earth. Are we ready to receive it today? Oh, it's being poured out all over right now. But are we ready to receive His power today? What are you talking about, Pastor? Because I, I can tell you this, when, when, pow, when the power of God and the glory of God comes, praise won't be a problem for you. Praise won't be a problem for you. 
It don't matter what you're going through. Praise won't be a problem for you. It don't matter what you're having to deal with. Praise will not be a problem for you. Right now, it's a problem for us. We've got to feel right to praise. We've got to be motivated enough. They've got to sing enough fast songs to get us motivated to praise. You've got to sing, you know, four or five, three or four or five songs, whatever, to get my mind off of what I showed up with. I've got to get my mind off of my problems. I've got to get my mind off of my situations. I've got to get my mind off of all these things that I'm having to deal with. All this material possessions that I have that, I'm, that, I, that I collect and I worry about people breaking in and robbing them. I've got to get all that stuff off my mind before I can praise in our generation today, in our day and time. But praise won't be a problem for you. When the glory of the Lord fills the temple, matter of fact, you remember the, you remember the scripture where the, where the Bible said the seraphim begin to cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. When the, when the presence of God showed up, Matter of fact, when the glory of God filled the house where they were sitting on the day of Pentecost, the people responded with praise and speaking wonderful works of God in unknown tongues. They began just to speak in tongues. Matter of fact, the song of the seraphim was a beautiful song of adoration unto God. But you and I have a song that they cannot sing this morning. What is it, Pastor? It's the song of the redeemed today. I'm set free. I'm redeemed today by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not on my way to hell. I'm on my way to heaven today. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. When God's glory shows up, it'll mess up your agenda. I don't have my cell phone with me. Let me have my cell phone. Y'all have heard me say this before, but it's just a good example. <clears throat> I've actually been in church before where God's glory has showed up, and I mean, it was, it was thick and powerful. People were worshiping. People were giving God praise, but then their cell phone rung. And they got up, and they left. Don't you get this? They left the presence of God to go see who was on the phone. Now, I hope and pray you don't take this wrong. I understand that uh, there are situations that we have to keep our cell phone with us in church. I get that. There's people homesick, and we have to watch for them and all those kind. Of, I, I get all that. I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're just sitting, and you're worshiping God, and you're weeping, and you're crying. And you're enjoying the presence of God and, and the phone rings and you've got to get up and you leave God's glory. I don't, I don't know how that, that don't make sense to me. You leave God's glory in the presence of God to go answer the cell phone. And then we wonder, then we wonder why we can't touch God. Now I'm a pretty nice guy. And Karen can tell you, I'm, I'm very, very long-suffering. Very long-suffering. Matter of fact, sometimes I'm too much, in my opinion. And she'll tell you the same thing. I'm, I'm too long-suffering. But even with me, there comes a time, if you, if you push me aside too long, then after a while, I'm done with you. Does that make sense? I'll come back and I'll do everything I can to win your friendship and talk to you and all that. But after a while, y'all are that way too. 
Some of you, you ain't long-suffering. Some of you, you don't take long at all. Some of you could need a little long-suffering. But if, you, if nobody wants to talk to you, then after a while, okay, fine. I'll leave me alone then. But when it comes to the presence of God, how, how do we leave the glory of God, Brother Keith, and go answer something that's so insignificant that can't wait? And then we expect God to answer us every time we call on his name. Do you th- God loves you. Yes, he does. But he don't want to be slapped in the face every time he comes to you. Who is this king of glory? Who is this guy? When God's glory shows up, it'll mess you up. It'll mess up your agenda. When the temple, the Bible said when the temple was dedicated, the priests couldn't even go in and do their normal activities. Hallelujah. Why? Because the presence of God was so thick in the house. When the ark was brought into the temple, the priests could not even stand to minister because of the glory of God. You and I, we've been in services before where we just got to get out of the way because His glory just showed up. We got to get our agenda out of the way and let Him do what He wants to do. John the Revelator, who had leaned upon the bosom of the Lord, he, the Bible said he fell as dead at His feet when he saw the revelation of the majesty of Almighty God. He fell as a dead man at His feet. But why? Because of the glory of God. When Isaiah saw the glory of God, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Simon Peter, when he saw the glory of God, he said, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Job said, when he saw the glory of God, I have heard of thee, I abhor myself, and I repent before you, O God. Talking about the glory of God. See, when the glory of God is present, sinners begin to tremble. How many remembers the day you got saved? How you felt? Sinners begin to tremble. Saints stand in awe. Hearts are moved with conviction. The church stands in a holy reverence to the Lord. I've been in those services, and many of you have too, where when God shows up and His glory shows up, everything just stops. You remember that? Everything is quiet. And God's presence is moving throughout His congregation, touching hearts and touching lives. You begin to hear weeping and moaning. But where are we today, church? Where are we? Are we there? Are we there? Have we left that? Is that still with us today? Are we still sensing His presence like that, that we can sense His glory? Are we of the fact that I don't have to have church anymore? I've done all this thing. I can't get along with anybody in the church anyway. I'll just stay on my own. It's amazing to me. I may get in trouble for saying this, and that's all right. It's amazing to me how people get on Facebook and they'll put scriptures on Facebook and yet they're not living for God they're not doing what God has called them to do I don't know what you think I I don't know and I'm not talking for God but I wonder what God will say when they stand before them when those individuals I'm not trying to judge just trying to call us back to where we need to be. Some things we got to do ourselves. Some things we got to get right ourselves. I'm not trying to get you to shout this morning, even though it's fine if you want to do it. I'm trying to get us to understand where, who we are in Christ and who is this King of Glory and what it, what He means to us as 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 His children. 
when I got home from Honduras the other day and got home, we got home at 3.30 Friday morning. It was early. Landed in Little Rock about 11.25, drove those three hours and got home, unpacked and everything, got into the house, got in the bed about 3.30, 4 o'clock Friday morning. Slept a few hours, got up. Adam and Catherine was moving, so I went over to Jonesboro and picked up a U-Haul truck, and we moved all day Friday and all day Saturday. So, yeah, I'm tired today. But I'm going to tell you what was special to me when that little grandbaby girl, when she come up and she jumped in my arms, Sister Sue, and she wrapped her little arms around my neck and said, Hey, Papa. Now, I don't care what was going on at that time. That was special. But do you understand, church, as special as that was, that our Father, our Lord, that His desire for you and I is to jump up in His arms, hold on to Him, cling to Him. But yet, have we got so comfortable with who this King of glory is that we only take Him when we need Him? We only take Him when we get in trouble. We only take him, Brother Mike, when we have a prayer request that we've, we really need an answer to. Or do we understand his love for us, sunshine, that, that he wants us just to come up in his arms and love on him, and he can love on us, and bask in his presence, and bask, who is, the, who is this king of glory? See, when God's glory shows up, it ought to help us some, right? It ought to create a, a desire for us to live better and do better for Him. All throughout the Bible, glory and holiness are, are mentioned together. Matter of fact, in Exodus 29, the Bible says, The tabernacle shall be sanctified or made holy by the glory. God is glorified in the holiness of His people. And true holiness always, it always gives glory back to God. It doesn't give it to you. It doesn't give it to the preacher. It doesn't give it to the church. It gives it back to God. It points everything back to Him. Points everything back to Him. What was that song they sung over there, that Baca, Baca, Baca song? Lord Jehovah. They got to singing that song. My neighbor church, I guess we went to. I guess that must be their theme song over there. I don't know. Latinos are a little more energetic than us Americans anyway. They get to singing that song and they would jump. And they'd wear me out. I couldn't stay up with them. I couldn't jump with them. Matter of fact, we done rode an hour and a half, three hours sometimes to get to church. I was tired. And they didn't walk several miles, but they began to jump for Jehovah. It changed the glory, showed up, and it changed their life, and it caused them so much more to want to just get into the presence of Almighty God. See, because when the glory of God is in the church, there'll be holiness. Listen to me, don't miss this. When the glory of God is in the church, there'll be a holiness in His people. Now, that's a profound statement right there of the day and time that we live in. It's hard for us to encompass all of this, but when God's glory fills the church, the people of God begin to be holy. Don't you think about that a little bit? The people of God begin to have a holiness to them. You begin to look holy. I'm about to preach right here. I know what time it is. You begin to sound holy you begin to smell holy you begin to carry yourself with holiness I ain't talking about with hair up on your head I ain't talking about with with no makeup on as Kristen was talking to you a while ago every man in you need some makeup amen 
I was just there 10 days. I'm glad she's got makeup on today. <laughs> then people had to look at her for 30 days. I was just kidding. But when holiness shows up, we begin to act that way. We begin to carry ourselves because we carry around the presence of God with us. We ain't going to look like the world or act like the world or talk like the world or sing like the world or manifest ourselves like the world is doing and still raise our hand and call on Jesus. It don't work. It doesn't work. God's presence shows up. God's glory produces a transformation in you and I. Amen. When his glory shows up. How do you know that, Pastor Moses? When Moses saw the burning bush in Midian, he was aware that it was the glory of God or the presence of God. And the Bible said he was never the same. And we know that he was never the same. When the disciples saw the glory of God on Mount Transfiguration, they were never the same again. It transformed their life. It totally transformed who they were as a people. When Jacob saw the glory of God with the angels ascending and descending from a ladder, he never was the same again. Matter of fact, his name was changed to Israel. But isn't it amazing? Well, this helps me right here. Isn't it amazing that when they always said he's the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Is that what it said? It's not what it said, is it? His name was changed to Israel. His first name was Jacob, that liar, deceiver, conniver. But when God began to speak, he said he's the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He identified this guy, Jacob, so that you and I as well could come before the throne. Why, why Pastor? Many of us was liars and connivers, deceivers, backbiters. But he identified himself so that you and I could come to be a part of the family of God. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. When Jacob saw the glory, he was never the same. I want the musicians to come if they will. And this morning I pray. My prayer is that God, show us, this, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Now this is what I know from being in church all my life. The glory of God maybe look, looks different to many of us. We may experience, Brother Parker, the glory of God different because of who we are, our makeup, how God created us. But his glory, nonetheless, is the same. It's the same. Brad, I could stand up here and worship God one way, you worship God a different way, but the glory is the same. We're worshiping the same God. You understand? We worship God the, the same. It may look different, it may sound different, but the glory, who is this king that we're worshiping? The glory of God, he, he's the same guy. Same Lord, same Lord. That this morning as we're worshiping here at Pathway, there's an hour difference over in Honduras and Camp Pimento. And they're sing, standing in church over there probably now. And they begin to sing and they begin to worship. It's the same God that they're worshiping over there that we're worshiping here today. That's the beauty of this thing. It's the, it's the most wonderful thing. And even though, Brother Ronnie, I, I can't understand a lot of the things that they say, we can lock arms together and we can worship God together. We can praise this King of glory that we know together. We can weep together. We can worship and magnify who He is as a King of glory, as the Lord and Savior Almighty. And my prayer today for you and I as God's people, now it's going to take some work from us, 
God, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show me, God, your glory. Help me not to ever come to church the same as I have in the past. Help me not to ever come and come before you the same as I have in the past, but help me to understand who you are. Help me to understand who I am as a child of God. I want you to stand today. All heads bowed and eyes closed. Very quickly. If you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor, I'm lost. I don't know Jesus. I'm lost. I don't know Him. I want to know this King of glory that you're talking about today. I want you to come down to this altar. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands today. I believe this is a serious thing. Yeah, I think you can get saved at your pew, but there's something special about you coming out, getting out of that pew, coming down to this altar. You may, you may have thought that I'm just going to come to church, just going to sit on the pew and enjoy the services, but I'm not going to do anything. Well, God has another idea in mind. He knew that you would be here. And he's trying to introduce himself to you again as the king of glory for your life. So that your life will be totally transformed as these guys I was talking about in Scripture. If you're lost, you need Jesus today. We're in trouble in America, church. We're in trouble. The Lord is coming. And he's, he's coming after a people that's looking for him. And on this main floor and in this balcony, if you're lost today, and you need Jesus in your heart, please, please, please come. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm saved. But I'm like you were saying, I've come to church and it seems like that my relationship with the Lord is just mundane. It seems stagnant. It seems like it's going nowhere. And I want to be reinduced to the presence and the glory of the Father, then I want you to get out of your seat as well. And I want you to come. And I want us to take a few minutes this morning and just begin to worship, begin to glorify Him, begin to praise Him. I'm going to pray. When I pray and I get through, they're going to start singing. And when they start singing, don't let nothing stop you from getting out of that pew this morning. Forget about tonight. Forget about all the things that's going on this afternoon. Forget about all of that. Right now is what's important. Right now you're standing in the balance of life and death, heaven and hell, relationship or no relationship. Father, I ask you this morning, Lord, I've preached my heart and I pray that something that I've said would have reached a nerve, reached a heart, reached a life that causes people to draw closer to you. God, I know you've helped me. And you're drawing me closer. I don't want it to stop. You keep on moving and motivating me, oh God. But Lord, I pray that you continue to encourage and motivate those that I'm preaching to this morning. There may be those here today that's lost, that's undone. There may be those here today that needs a closer walk with you. And God, if they are, then let them get outside of themselves. God, let them get disgusted and tired of where they are today in their relationship with you and cause them to come back to you. 
to get closer to you. Now, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. I ask you in the name of Jesus, oh God, to do it today. I ask you to do it today. I ask you to do it today. Do it today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're here today, if you need to come to this altar, get out of your seat. Get out of your seat right now and come. Begin to worship. Begin to pour your heart out to Him. Begin to glorify Him. Begin to give Him honor. Begin to give Him praise today. Father, we magnify You. We magnify You today. We magnify You today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord.
Hallelujah, you got my mic on, thank you. Listen, church, there are some of you still standing. I could come and pull you out. You know I can. I've known you long enough. You need to be in this altar. God is moving and doing something today. God is wanting you to break out of your shell. He's wanting to change some things in your life today. If you will just move, if you'll take the first step, the first step is all it takes for God to move in your life as never before. I promise you. I'm not just trying to stir something up here. I'm telling you, if you want to change in your life, all you got to do is step forth. Now, I'm not going to call you out unless God tells me to. But God is wanting you to come forth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Spirit. 
show me you. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, oh God. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, God. Show me your
That's your prayer today. Show me your glory. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Father. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Let me ask you why do you come to church? What's your purpose for showing up on Sundays? When you get out of bed on Sunday morning, what's the first thing that comes across your mind? Is it the house of God and worshiping? What is it? Why do you come to church? Why do you serve this God that preached to you about this King of glory? Why do you come? Here's something to think about, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I enjoy what I feel. I enjoy Brad coming and knowing that God's with me. I don't, I don't want to be like Samson one day and wake up Keith and shake myself and go through the motions. It's not worth it. I want to know that I know that His presence is with me. See, because God, what God done for us this morning is just a tip in the bucket, really. Don't push me out of your life. I want a cross for you. My desire is that you allow me to abide with you. My desire is that you would allow me to speak upon your behalf. <laughs> 
my desire is that you would allow me to go with you every time you leave the house. My desire is that you would worship me in spirit and in truth. My desire is that I could come and walk with you in the cool of the day. My desire is that I could come and sup with you. My desire is to bless you beyond measure. Don't push me out of your life. I am the King of glory. Strong and mighty am I. I am the King of glory, says the Lord. I will fight the battle for you if you'll just let it go. I will walk the trail for you. If you'll just let me walk. I'll say the things necessary. If you'll just let me speak through your mouth. I will be your comfort. I will be your help. Just allow me to walk with you every step of the way. Says the Lord. I'll say this again tonight, but I have to tell you what I felt when we was leaving Honduras. As we were standing there in Renee's living room, Brother Omar's brother, Renee, that come and spoke here. Many of you know who I'm talking about. We were standing in his living room, Sister Ruth was in a circle, and we were holding hands. And in Spanish, Omar, translating for us, he said, you could see the compassion in his heart and his eyes, tears streaming down his face. He said, I get excited, and we pastors around this area, we get excited when we hear the mission team coming. It excites us. And so we get thrilled to drive to the airport and pick you guys up because you're such a blessing to us. And you bring, we feel something 
as you're here and even after you leave, we, we, we feel, we just have that great feeling. But then he said, at the same time, when you leave, I get sad. I get sad because of you that speak a different language and going to another place. It's not going to be here. It's going to be back to us, even though I know, and, I, and he didn't say this, but I, I, I just gathered that it wasn't all about us. It was just the presence and spirit that we brought with us, I guess, that was there helping and aiding. And as I was standing there, I thought, God help me that when I'm around people, and people's around me, that the unity of the brotherhood and sisterhood of the church, of the, of the body, be of such that we hate departing one another. And I made a statement, or somebody made a statement, I, I don't remember, that even though we speak a different language, there's coming a day that we'll be standing around the throne in heaven. We'll all speak the same language. We'll all be praising the same God. And I said, Lord, up until then, as my brother and sister, and, and you know what I'm talking, I, I don't have time to preach to you again, but you know, we're just humans, and we have our faults and failures, and we get into it with one another and all those kind of things as, as humans do, as family does. That's what family does. But God, help us when we leave one another that we miss that companionship. We miss that relationship that we have with our brother and sister in the Lord. Because I need you. I need you. You need me. We need Brother Renee and Brother Omar and those across the waters. We need each other. Because that makes up the body of Christ. And it's such a wonderful feeling when we can come and we can just share. And we can just be in the presence of God like we have this morning. Don't ever take those things for granted. Don't ever take it for granted. Take it for granted. You begin to walk. Walk in your victory today. Walk in your healing today. Walk in the salvation today and the deliverance and the setting free that God is, don't you allow the enemy, don't allow the enemy to, to, when you leave out this front door, don't allow the enemy to come in and say, oh, that was nothing. Uh-uh, it was something. God's power moving upon you. That's the king of glory coming and rescuing you. Rescuing you. And let it continue to rescue. Continue to grow. Continue to motivate you for more and more of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. As we close today, I just, I just want us to stand one more time. And I just want you, and I'm not going to tell you when to leave. I just want you to lift up your hands and I just want you to worship Him. It, it seemed to me, I, I, you know, from the, it seemed to be a recurring thing whenever I went to somebody. The Lord just says, just ask them to get up their hands up and worship me. And then pray for them. So as we leave today, I just want you to lift your hands and your spirit and I just want you to worship Him. Don't ask for nothing. Just worship Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you today, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. What a wonderful Savior you are. What a wonderful God you are. We bask in your presence. We bask in your anointing today. We bask in your presence, oh God. Your presence is everything. Your presence is everything to us, O oh Lord. 
Your presence, oh God, means the world to us. We don't ask for nothing. We just worship you. We worship you. If there's any sin in my life, get it out. If there's any wrongdoing, get it out. We worship you. I don't want to stand before you, oh God. Un, un, uh, I don't want to stand before you holy and pure. We worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We stand before you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Holy are you, Jesus. Holy. it one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 